Show, fellas, we got some twins baseball to talk. We got Ramblin' Rick here, and Ramblin', it, it's been an interesting twin season. These last four days have probably been the most interesting uh, with the COVID stuff going on now and kind of potentially harmful to this twins team, at least at, at six and eight right now. And the rest of the series against the A's or against the Angels was just canceled. And, and They've dropped three in a row, I think, and now we're going to maybe lose a bunch of games that we could play against the A's, which would help us a lot. I don't think they're very good this year, so that would kind of help bolster up the uh, the record for the Twins, but they're kind of in a bad spot right now. Yeah, we're uh, it's not the not the season people expected right off the bat. Um, I'd rather have this than, than us to get super hot and end the season like our last couple twin seasons have ended. Um, and maybe this is good for us. It's not the, you know, it's not the end of the world if we have to – you know, take some games here in in April and in May, even June to, you know, just kind of figure things out with COVID and everything. Um, you know, it's with, with every sport, it's about who gets hot at the end of the year. And I'm sick and tired of the twins being hot in April and May and June, and then kind of like coasting through the rest of the year. You know, we, we've had some great seasons the last couple of years, but we all know the stories about what happens when they get in the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter come playoff time, but yes, it is, it is concerning. Um, I think this COVID break actually maybe, uh, um, a blessing in disguise for us. That was a disgusting Angels game. <laughs> the, the Angels should be a lot better than than their record shows, and I think they're having a pretty decent season. But I know the Angels have always been great since since Mike Trout got there, and they just can never pull playoff run together. So I'm never mad when we really lose to the Angels. But that series before the the Red Sox series was really tough um, to watch. I know we took one of four, um, so we didn't get swept by them. But but yeah, it's been been a weird stretch and yeah hopefully we can get it rebounded versus the A's I know we're scheduled to play tomorrow do you know have you heard is that still a go as of as of now yeah I mean I think it's kind of day-to-day right now I think they had twins have four positive tests in the last couple days of their 90 players or their 90 total team members in that tier one units that I think one of the people was one of the people that tested positive wasn't actually a player somebody in the administration Um, but yeah I mean I don't know what they're going to do tomorrow night. Uh, the game on Monday night was uh, up in the air until, I don't know, a couple hours before the first pitch was set, and then they canceled it. Um, but Simmons, now he's going to be out for a while with COVID, and he, he was playing pretty good for us. I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Twins baseball yet. Just being out in California still, there's not a ton of opportunity to watch him out here. But he's batting three fifty five, Rick, and it, it seems like he's playing pretty good in the in the field too. Yeah, no, he's been sweet addition. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been reliable this season. It's only it's pretty early, but, uh, um, yeah, one of, one of the, the few bright spots here with him and, and, and Nelson Cruz. Um, and we were talking a little before about Ostadio. We, we've got some bright spots this year in Buxton. I should have said Buxton first. Yeah. Wow, um, it's been, it's been all, yeah. He's been awesome. I think he's gotten extra base hit in every single game, but one or two, um, Although that was a rough series, we dropped at, towards the end of there um, of the Red Sox series. That's when I saw the the, the fact show up on um, on the TV. So I don't know if that's still going, but yeah, he he started this. He's he's hotter than a fox in a forest fire. Him and Cruz are just so so um, in tune right now, and it's just it's it's a shame that if more games have to be canceled, I just looked up and we're gonna they're scheduling a doubleheader for tomorrow. Um, oh, nice. And if, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I'm not too nervous. It's, it's middle of April. Um, so, you know, so much rather have this happen right now, obviously than yeah. later in the year. So I don't think there's any cause for concern. And some of the best news I ever heard today is that the, the Yanks are last in the American league. So if, if that can keep going and the twins, you know, just get their way up to a playoff spot, then all will be well in the world. <laughs> Yeah. Rick, I think if if I heard the stat right, this is like the first time the Yankees have been last in the net in the American League at this point in the season, like this many games in the season, in like over a hundred years, or oh like goodness. a. It's been a, it's been for absolutely forever. I I believe it. They they it never happens, especially because um, 
the Orioles or, or, or the Blue Jays or someone in, even in their own division takes the cake of, of the worst team in the majors um, year in and year out. And the Orioles have probably been the worst team in the majors the last six, seven years, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unbelievable what the talent they have and they're only five and 10. I mean, it takes a couple runs here and then they're back in the thick of it. Um, but it's awesome to see the Rays just swept them. It's just, it's so cool. And yeah, I, I believe it, Andy, it's been, you know, Yankees have never had a, had a halfway, you know, they've never done things half-assed there because of the money they have. And so it's, they don't, they don't expect five and 10 starts to the season, but I hope it keeps going. Yeah. Hey, Ramblin' Rick. Yeah. Talk to me. Would you, would you rather have the twins make the playoffs or the Yankees miss the playoffs? Ooh, great. Uh, twins make the playoffs. It's just unfortunate that it'll probably come with the Yankees playing us and beating us. <laughs> that's just all that happens. But yeah, I, that's a good question. Twins making the playoffs for sure, but you know, at what cost? Um, and that'll be answered this year. I, I don't know. I, last year was almost unforgivable. I know we were talking on the pod, pretty, pretty depressed thoughts after they moved it to 18 in a row losing streak. But, uh, yeah, as of now, I'm going to say Twins making the playoffs I'd rather have. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, and, and this would be three in a row, right? Three AL Central titles in a row. So that's you know, that's yeah. kind of making a statement, too, even if you do nothing in the playoffs, which you got to turn that around soon. It's the worst um, postseason losing streak in, in all the four major sports. you got to find a way to end that. And I, I think a big part of it is going to be Sano and getting him going, getting Garver going, and Polanco. I mean, those – Three guys were huge uh, in 2019 when they broke the home run record, and they're all playing pretty bad right now. I mean, Garver's uh, hitting it okay, but Sano I think's batting 116. Polanco's batting like 167, and I mean, for a, a couple of young guys who just a few years ago we all thought that that's going to be the core of this team, they can build around those three, and they're really nowhere to be seen. We're getting production from a 41 year old. Nelson Cruz or however, is he 43, 42, something like that? He might be 43. 43, that sounds right. Uh, I think so. But, but we got these young guys who we've paid all this money. I think Sano's got like $22 million more guaranteed uh, through 2022. So you can't really just pull the plug on him. I mean, you have to find a way to fix these guys, and it's, it's obviously in them somewhere. It was in there in, in 2019. You just got to find a way to get that back, and – I don't know how they're going to do that, but we're, we're going to need to do something because the way this team is playing right now, I don't know, Ramblin'. Based on the statistics, at least, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. And I, I looked up Nelson Cruz's 40. I thought he was 43. Um, I lied. Okay, Sorry. he was 40. Forgive me. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, you, can, you can't have the best guy on the team be a 40-year-old man. Like Tom Brady, that's the anomaly there. But, like, Nelson Cruz, it's not his job to be the, the star player. He's a DH. He can't. He's not playing both ways here. And so Buxton, it's really great to see what he's doing. That is like a huge, huge relief because we had, you know, obviously Buxton and Snow coming up as the two of the biggest prospects in the majors at the time. And so to have one of them panning out, even if Snow is still shit in the bed, it's really nice to see. But the one thing that we really need to work on, and I'll, I'll quit rambling here in a second here, but our fucking uh, uh, bullpen. Oh my gosh, dude. Our bullpen is disgusting, disgustingly bad. And it's just, I, it makes me, it makes me think that some of the, the moves we made in the offseason, we, we made, you know, we, we moved Trevor May and hindsight's 2020. I always liked Trevor May, never had a problem with him. And Colin May coming in has just been a disaster. Um, Dobnik has not pitched well. It's, I don't know what we need to do, but we need to fix something in the rotation. And, and, and so I think our hitters have proven that they're, they're going to figure it out at some point. Um, and some of them have, but some of them need to get going and they will. But our pitching, man, that's that's been the Twins' Achilles' heel for you know forever since the dawn of time, and we've had some great pitchers in our history, but we've never had like a complete, you know, great rotation and a great bullpen, and, and not many people really can say that. But if we want to be contenders, we have to figure that out. So that's my two cents there. And, and don't we have like thirteen pitchers in, in the lineup or something ridiculous like that? A ton, yeah. I don't know if they made new COVID rules or whatnot. Yeah. I don't remember us using having this many. A lot of guys to choose them, but they're all just shitting the bed, dude. Yeah. Well, we, we got to get Randy turned around. Randy Dobnock. Dobnocker, yeah. baby. That guy's mm-hmm. a lot. Does he's he have a mustache it. going right now? Uh, the last game I saw, I oh, man, I don't remember. I saw him pitch, but I saw him blow the game. Mm. <laughs> I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't watching the – I wasn't looking at the mustache, actually. Dang. 
I, guess I think he might. Like, yeah, I mean, he probably does. But if he doesn't, that'd be a good thing to start. And yeah. uh, some other good news, I guess. We haven't had a lot of good news about the Twins. But Donaldson, he's back, and he's playing really good. I mean, I think he's batting like 550. He's only played three games, but he's like four for seven, something like that, in his, uh, in his seven at-bats. So that's a that's a bright spot. And now the question is, can they keep him on the field? Because he, he struggled in his two years here to stay on the field. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was Still there, rambling. Mm, I think my internet's Uh-oh. coming in and out, or maybe yours is, because I can hear BG. Yeah, I think we we're losing rambling. Hello. There you are. Oh. I'm back. Yeah, uh, you're still a little staticky. Hmm. Well, you, you figure that out, Zachary. Um, I don't really have any other notes. I guess twins related. Uh, Jake Cave's terrible. He's batting 140. He's got 17 strikeouts. Um, I, I guess Sanos, he, he's got 19 strikeouts, but his strikeouts have been better analytically, according to Baldelli. I guess he's not swinging on pitches that wouldn't be strikes. He's, yeah, I don't know. Some some sort of statistical uh, measurement that they use is saying that he's his strikeouts aren't quite as bad, Sanos, as years past. So maybe that's some hope that he can start turning it around because we know he's going to have the strikeouts, but he's just not hitting for power right now. And that's what we need. If we're going to take all those strikeouts, um, Zach, any thoughts to know related before we move on from twins baseball? Um, are you guys able to hear me right now? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, so no, yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I've, I, I've been frustrated with Sano for years here and any twins fan who can say the same, but I don't know how many more chances we give him. And I hate to say that, you know, get trade him or, you know, get something for him at this before he really starts tanking. But um, either A, he's going to turn out to be the David Ortiz, you know, dilemma that we gave away Ortiz and became a uh, Hall of Famer here. But uh, I, he's got so much potential. But my goodness, if a pitcher just looked at him, it just looked at like um, the reports, they would know never to throw him a fastball and just always throw him off speed. And they forever, you'll never get a hit. So, when pitchers figure that out, he'll be out of the league soon, I think. So I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we trade him or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, he's not been the – hasn't been the snow that we uh, were promised, which is too bad. Yeah. All right, and we've seen flashes of, like I said, 2019. He was he was hitting for power. He was still striking out, but he was hitting he was hitting dingers, like every night it felt like. And uh, he was a big part of that record-breaking team that, that went for 307 in a single season. Um, so it's in there. We just got to find a way to get it back out. Um, BG, let's talk a little gopher hoops and maybe a little St. Thomas hoops as well, but a couple of big recruits, I guess, I don't know how big they are, but Parker Fox had, had quite a few offers and he seemed like a, a good get for Minnesota at least. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, just another Minnesota guy who Ben Johnson is bringing back. I think it's pretty cool. Um, that a D2 guy like himself gets a chance to come home and play for the home team, um, being the Minnesota Gophers, and not only having them offering you to come play for their Power 5 D1 school coming from D2, but also having uh, transfer offers from Ohio State, Creighton, Texas Tech, TCU, uh, West Virginia, and, and some others, just to name a few, and choosing the Gophers over those, so it's an impressive guy uh, to get from the transfer portal for Ben Johnson. And it's just cool um, to see a guy who's from Minnesota who had one D2 offer where he played at Northern state in South Dakota and then go on to average 23 points per game this this season and be a D2 all American. It's quite the story for him. And and I'm sure he's going to be coming in with the chip on his shoulder this season, um, which will make it fun to watch. And, what else will make it fun to watch is that he had 81 dunks this past season, which is the most in all of college basketball, D1, D2, or D3. And I don't know if any of you guys got a chance to look at his highlight tape, but he is extremely athletic. Um, we'll, we'll see how many times the announcers call him sneaky athletic this year, but he is <laughs> unbelievably athletic. Um, and that's his, the, main, the, the best part of his game is how he can attack the rim and just – attack um so so that'll be that'll be fun to see um 
let's see. Uh, yesterday, obviously not gopher-related as we found out, but Chet Holmgren um, committed to Gonzaga, which is a surprise to nobody. But I was watching the live video on his Instagram, on Chet's Instagram, when he announced it in front of his school and on SportsCenter. And there's always that just small glimmer of hope that you're thinking there's no way, but at the same time, there's still a way that he comes to the Gophers and plays for the Gophers like his dad did, but ultimately um, playing for the, the Bulldogs of Gonzaga. But that it's just crazy how a player like that could just instantly shift your program. Like there would be four and five stars following Chet to the Gophers. Um, but <laughs> I can't say I blame the man for going with Gonzaga instead of the Gophers and new head coach Ben Johnson who – hasn't been a head coach in his life for one game, but that was obviously a bummer. Yeah. I mean, there is that, that, you know, it's almost, I don't know. It's like a little pregame jitters or whatever you get before he's going like, Oh, there's a chance. There's always a chance, but he, he would have been a program altering commit to Minnesota. I mean, you're right. There's, and, and there's been so many of these guys that would have been program altering players that the Gophers have missed on. And, you know, maybe if Ben Johnson gets a couple years under his belt, then the next guy up, we get him, and then it's just it's just a matter of time before you find a way to close off that pipeline. Send it straight to the U, baby. Um, yeah. Do you want and to talk a little? Obviously, you. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna quick say, obviously, you don't expect him to pull anything like this, um, being the new head coach for a month, and probably not talking to Chet at all since. I saw that Richard Patino has had a close relationship with Chet since seventh grade, which is pretty crazy, but um, wow. didn't expect him to pull him in. But I think it's just going to be transfers for Ben Johnson and Parker Fox, like we were just talking about. I think he is probably the second best commit the Gophers have gotten so far, either him or Jamison Battle, who I think was the first guy to commit under Ben Johnson, um, the former De La Salle Islander like Ben Johnson himself. Uh, the transfer from George Washington. I think those two are the biggest two that we've gotten so far, and I'm hoping that some of the Gophers in the transfer portal ultimately stay at home and stay with the Gophers because there's still some good talent out there, and we could uh, for sure use a team with more than six guys on it or however many we have now. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're building up from the uh... – from the ground up, BG, there was not a lot to work with uh, when Patina left left town. So it, no. it's good, though. We'll get a fresh start and get, get some new people in there. It should be good. Uh, you want to talk a little Jarvis Omersa? Um, committing to St. Thomas. Was he their second, maybe third uh, Division One commit now for, for the Tommies next year? He was, yeah. He was their third D1 commit. I'm trying to remember who the third one was. The first one was Courtney Brown um, from, I believe, Eastridge. And then he went and played at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I believe he was a starter there last season. Um, So he's coming to St. Thomas. That'll be – or that is a good recruit for the the Tommies and Coach Tower to get. His brother, Kendall Brown, is a five-star I think like either top 10 or top 15 player in the country who just committed to Kansas, uh, which is another guy that Minnesota has lost to one of those powerhouse schools. But anyway, Courtney Brown. Yep. He was the first one. Jarvis O'Marissa just committed the other day, obviously. Uh, I'm sure most of the listeners know who Jarvis is by either watching the Gophers or listening to the podcast we did with him a while ago, friend of the pod, but he is transferring to St. Thomas and is definitely the biggest recruit that coach tower and the Tommies have gotten so far going from the big 10 to the summit league, pretty impressive and uh, a good energy guy, a good defensive guy and a great athlete uh, like Jarvis um, is definitely going to make a immediate impact and a large impact at that too. So it'll be really fun to watch him. It's going to be weird to see him in the purple and white and not the maroon and gold, but it's, it's just cool that these D1 caliber guys are going to be playing at St. Thomas and playing in that small gym. It's going to be quite the difference um, from the barn to to our court, which I'm not even sure what our court's name is. Which uh, I think it's Steve Fritz Arena, Steve Fritz Court, I want to say. Andy, Okay. do you remember? 
Uh, I'm not I think quite it's, sure. I think it's Steve Fritz Court. I think so, yeah. Uh, Do we know who Steve Fritz is? He was the old athletic director and basketball coach and for basketball a long coach. time. Yeah, Tower. him and Tower won a national championship um, together. Okay. I think that was one of the first basketball ones they won. I think they've won four. Um, but, yeah, he was just a legendary St. Thomas coach. But, it, I mean, it's going to be awesome. Uh, just that, It's going to be packed. Yeah, I mean, that place is going to be rocking. And, and it's a small gym, but it gets loud in there. And we've all been there for Tommy Johnny games where it's at capacity. And, and those games are fun. And it's not a huge arena by, you know, seats or anything like that. But it, it's, it's a good environment. They're definitely going to have to expand at some point. But for a couple of years, I think it's going to work just fine. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Um, and it's also going to be interesting to see what happens with the current Tommy basketball players, guys like Anders Nelson, who's a, a really good D3 point guard. I mean, probably could have went D2, definitely could have went D2, probably could have even went small D1 somewhere, at least as a walk-on. I know he had some D2 offers and, and turned those down to go to Minnesota or to go to St. Thomas. But he, he's going to be a guy who I think could probably stay on the roster. And Andy, maybe you have some input on this, but for the rest of the guys that got recruited there as a D3 school, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them. Are they just going to get replaced on the team or how is that going to work? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I know that St. Thomas just hired uh, two D1 coaches or former D1 coaches to be full-time assistants. Uh, one with at least like 10 years experience, one with 15 experience. Uh, years of experience in college basketball. So there's definitely a, a culture and program shift uh, occurring too, which would make you believe that most of the guys on the team are probably not going to be on the team. Or if so, uh, if they do stay on the team, they're most likely not going to play, which would make sense going from D3 to D1. But yeah, like you said, I think we do have some guys who could at least still get some playing time. Um, I think like the Courtney Brown and the Jarvis is coming in are clearly on a different level than some of the guys we have. That's just the way D1 and D3 basketball translate with uh, athleticism and just experience playing at that level. But, yeah, I think there's a couple guys like Anders. Um, there's a good freshman who's now going to be a sophomore. I can't remember his name, but I could see those guys at least staying on the team so it's not a complete new 15 um, that Coach Tower would have to coach up. I also know that. If you remember the name Nick Dufault, he's from Minnesota, and he was one of the first transfers uh, to say that he was going to play at St. Thomas. I think he was at a D2 school or maybe a small D1, so that might be the third D1 guy we're talking about. But he's a point guard, and he also has a brother at Wasika who just won state, Um, and he's also a point guard who committed to St. Thomas. So there's two good point guards. So at least for Anders and that other kid, I can't remember who's also a guard. It's it's going to be tough to get playing time, but I mean, it's a new slate. It's a new season. It's a new school pretty much when it comes to basketball. So everybody's going to be competing for minutes. So I'm intrigued and it's going to be fun to watch this first season in the summit league. It's going to be super exciting. And uh, I I think it'll be fun to see how coach tower translates to a division one scale. You know, I think he's a tremendous, tremendous basketball coach. He's a great psychological evaluator too of these kids and he helps them get in the right mindset. I think that makes a big difference. And obviously the success he's had at St. Thomas uh, shows that. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the D one level and maybe even translates to the NCAA tournament. I mean, this could be a team that we're talking about in just a couple of years, hopefully that's, that's winning the summit league and getting to play against Duke or somebody in a 16 one game and probably losing by 30, but you know, they're still in there still having a chance. It would be fun to watch those games. A lot to look forward to there. Um, not really a lot of Vikings news this week. Um, Weatherly, Stephen Weatherly now back with the Vikings. Um, as of a couple months ago, put out a statement on behalf of the team saying that they would, many of them would not, uh, go to the voluntary workouts this summer due to COVID and other issues. Uh, I think mostly just COVID, I guess. Uh, but some of the players will end up going because they have bonuses at stake. Um, Thielen, I think Ham. Um, I want to say Eric Kendricks, Barr potentially. There's like nine or ten guys that will make $100,000 just by showing up. Um, so that's why it wasn't everybody. But 
there's been like 20 NFL teams now that this week have announced uh, they will not be attending voluntary workouts this summer. Um, but some interesting news, uh, I guess this is more St. Thomas football and really a guy who didn't play a ton for St. Thomas BG, but he, uh, he was at the Gopher Pro Day um, back in uh, April 1st, I believe it was. Is that right, Nick Gugamos? Yeah, former St. Thomas legend uh, Nick Gugamos, part of the same wide receiver core I was, so that's how I, I got to know him. He's a year older than us, former Eden Prairie Eagle. But, yeah, he was training down in Florida. Um, not exactly sure who he was with, but it was NFL hopefuls and maybe ex-college guys or some guys who have played professionally and maybe the CFL or other leagues like that. But he was part of just a scramble of guys in Florida working out. Um, I don't think they were getting in front of NFL scouts at that time, but it was all um, for the same purpose of getting a chance at the NFL. And, yeah, so in April, I believe that was, he came up to the Minnesota Gophers Pro Day, which, as we talked with Jackson Erdman, um, the former St. John's quarterback. He was there too, and that's where he got his chance to play in front of the NFL scouts. Uh, little did we know at that time that Nick Gugamos was there um, working out as a tight end. So he's beefed up a little bit since he graduated. He's a tight end. He's 6'5", 240, I believe it said. Um, and, yeah, he had, a, he had a great combine at the pro day. I was texting him yesterday, and he said that everything went really well uh, like I said, 6'5", 240, and he ran a 4.540, which is incredible for that size. 37-inch uh, vertical. I forget the three-cone drill, but really all that matters is the 40-yard dash, and I guess vertical, too, for receivers. So he balled out at the combine, and he told me yesterday that 10 days from now he, he has an announcement to make about who knows exactly what, but um, he said that a couple of teams, NFL teams and scouts, have reached out to his agent after the pro day combine at the U of M. So, good things to come for him for sure. It's a, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens because if you if you follow St. Thomas football or were part of the team, you know that Nick didn't really play a lot at St. Thomas um, as a receiver. So just that he's at this point is impressive in itself. And I'm sure he's got a couple stories to tell us. So hopefully we can get him in person either next week, um, or two weeks from now and talk to us more about what he's been through the past couple of months and talk about that announcement that he's making that he would not tell me, um, what it was about. So that's to look forward to Nick Google. Yeah. That's intriguing. I know he posted something on Monday uh, about an announcement coming. It was just like a video of him at the pro day. And uh, he said, announcement coming soon or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's he, he ran a 4-5. That's yep. incredible. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I'd, if I would have seen, like, all of his combine stats, I would have been even more impressed because he's a very strong guy. So I'm sure his bench press was at least – 15, maybe 20, probably at least 20, um, as well as just those agility um, uh, skills that they have him do. He is, he's a freak on paper, and you can see that in his combine results. So that's the first step of many, and he said that he was really happy with his results and that it went well. well damn, I, I wonder what his announcement is going to be. Hopefully he announces it on the podcast. Is that a, is that a possibility, you think, BG? Well, we're going to try to get him in person, and depending on that time it could be, I'm guessing that when we get him in person, it'll be a little further down the road than 10 days from now, um, which is when he's going to do it. But if he wants to call in and break the news to us, we can certainly do that. I'll have to talk to him about that. But either way, we'll do an interview, and we'll get the full story. Full story, hopefully, will be in the Wake and Take studio. That would be awesome. I think that would be really fun. I think I I can't imagine there'd be anything more than like a training camp offer or something like that. I don't think he could sign it. Could he, could he really sign a deal before even like playing a single snap or having really any film? No, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think the announcement would be that he got an offer from a team to join their practice squad or 
do like an in-depth tryout or something like that. So we'll we'll see what he has to say. Yeah, definitely some stuff to look forward to there. Uh, Ramble and Rick, how's your microphone doing over there? If you're talking, you're muted. Yeah. <laughs> it still says he's muted. Maybe he can't hear us. Um, he was going to do some trivia questions for us tonight, and that was really all I had. But so, Oh, besides this other thing. So we can talk about this while Rick is hopefully figuring out his mic right now. Um, Randy, you got a big golf tournament coming up, huh? I think it's... I mean, I don't know if you'd call it big. It's it, It's a golf tournament. Yeah. Well, is it your first uh, competitive event in at least quite a while since maybe high school golf? Uh, I played the Cedar Rapids City Am uh, summer after my freshman year. Beat some kids that I always competed against in uh, in high school. In that tournament they ended up playing some college golf, which was fun. So it's been four years since I've played competitively. Uh, but I've, I've never played a course at 7,400 yards before. So... It's longer than Augusta National. It's longer than the tournament, the the course that hosted the RBC Heritage uh, this past weekend for the PGA Tour. It's a uh, it's a long course. And they're playing the state, the Iowa State Open there. Do you think if you win this, you get automatic berth to the uh, state open? <laughs> the the state open, at least for amateurs. Um, I mean, it's like two hundred fifty bucks to play. Like anyone can enter it, I think. They just limit the number of amateurs and you have to have like a maybe below a three handicap to uh to play in that, uh, if you're an amateur. Um but um yeah, I mean either way it's just kinda of one of those things that um I mean it was a hundred bucks to join and that's flighted so I could win, you know, no matter how I could do I could yeah, I could win some money win just flight. kind of depending. Yep. Um and it's it's one of the nicest courses in Iowa. It's probably like 75 bucks to play there so it's i mean i'm paying a little more than than what it costs to play there regularly but with a chance to win some money and i mean just I haven't played competitively in a while so kind of just yeah. kind of just throwing a going out there and you know seeing what's going to happen it's going to be 50 degrees mm. next sunday uh so it's going to be brisk uh yeah. out there it's uh uh, it's a hilly course with not a lot of trees, uh, so the wind can get blowing. So you could have a a 500 yard par four become more like a 550 yard par four. So, mm-hmm. or they the, yeah. the longest par five out there is 665 yards. Ooh. 665 yards. Yeah, that's brutal. Just, Especially if the ball's gonna be cold too. I, I 50 degrees though. If it's sunny, that that'll be plenty warm. Yeah, yeah. So we're hoping we're hoping for good weather and. You know, kind of just, I don't know, yeah. just see what happens. It's I the mean, pandemic, there's not a whole lot to do. So, why yeah. not, you know, why not play some golf tournaments? Yeah. So, not to put bad thoughts in your head, but is, is there a chance you don't break 100? <laughs> as, as I was texting earlier, my, my goal is if I can hit more than half the greens, like I don't want to have a score goal in mind. Like the, um, I like from playing there, like in the past, like they have some like three tiered green. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a Reese Trent Jones, uh, designed, uh, course, which like, sure, you yeah. know, golfers, like big golfers would, 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 would recognize that name. Um, and, um, like the greens are tricky. So I'm not expecting to like two putt every green necessarily, but if I can hit half the greens or more, um, like that alone, like, you know, I, that should guarantee me a, a score in the eighties at least. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll have a, we'll have an update next week. Uh, if, if I, if I, if, if I can break a hundred, then I might just quit the podcast. Like it might just be like, that might, that might be my punishment. If I can't yeah, break a hundred, you're just done. It's over. I'm, Goodbye, I, I'm Randy. just done. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, Randy. I hope you do well. All right. Yeah. RTJ, yeah. Reese Trent Jones and his father, um, I can't remember. But Robert. 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 Thank you. Jones. They, yeah, they both did Hazeltine. Robert did it originally. Reese did the redesign. Uh, but a lot of dog mm-hmm. legs. That's what you're looking forward to, Randy. A lot of dog legs on those courses and tough greens, typically. Mm-hmm. So, good oh luck. yeah. Uh, Zach, is your mic working, or is it still not not working? Are we? Can you can you hear me? Oh yeah, we can. Hear Here you. you go. Good deal. Something was wrong with the, the mic I was using. So all good now. So I understand you have some trivia 
for, uh, for us tonight? I've got you some trivia tonight, and it's it's kind of random, but it's sport, sports-related, so it's not that random. Awesome. Let's head it. Let's do it. All righty. We're going to start you out with a, uh, a softball here, but it's going to be a, a baseball question, so I don't know if you guys can handle this one. You guys ready? This is for anybody, right? This is for, yep, for all you guys. To, oh, yeah, the rules. I'm sorry. Uh, you just got to talk amongst yourselves, and when I hear final answer, followed by the answer, that's, uh, that's when the decisions have been made. Um, so it's not a competition. We're just all trying to collectively. Yep, collectively. Yep. Okay. Yep, you're all in the cab together. Um, yep, you'll start easy, and they'll get kind of hard. And how much how much time do you think we got? You got time for five? Yeah, that sounds more good. Five we'll, go, we'll go five. If, if, we, yeah. if we need more, we'll do more. Sounds good. All righty. Who was the last? How, how long is your list? Before we get started, how long is your list of questions? I've got I've got a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> so I could we could go all night if we wanted to. But um, here all we right. go. All right, hit us, hit us with question one. <laughs> all right, do you guys know what the triple crown in baseball is? It's a horse race, it's right? Home run RBI. Home run RBI and uh, batting average. Batting average. Who's, who was the and you got to lead the league in that? Who was the last guy to do that? Lead the league in that. Miguel Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, I think you're right. Two thousand two thousand six, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say seven, but I. Miguel, they, it was it was Miguel Cabrera though. I need to hear a final answer. Final answer. Final. Yes, sir. It was still. On, I was. I, looked, I thought it was earlier than that too. It was still on twelve. Oh really? Yeah. But good shit. Before uh, that last uh, guy, uh, on, on a side note, there's um. There's a legendary caller to the uh, Mike Francesa show who um, who calls in and Mike Francesa asks, like, makes him kind of like, that guy won the won the Triple Crown. Like, what do you mean he's not a Hall of Famer? And the caller <laughs> replies with, like, Mike, what do you mean he won the Triple Crown? He's not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the more well-known uh, Triple Crown. But, yeah, the, I, I honestly think the, the Triple Crown in baseball is more impressive than the horse race. You can quote me on that. <laughs> and the, the horse triple crown. Noted. 2012, Noted. I believe I believe the <laughs> Tigers made the World Series that year and they lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, they lot dude, they had they had probably one of the best rotations baseball has seen, dude. But at the time, yeah. maybe it wasn't, you know, I, but they had Verlander and Scherzer and Porcello and Prab made Price. Does that sound right? Maybe not Price. Was Price a Tiger? He might have been. Yep, he was. Yeah, they I think all four of those guys were on that rotation. Just they had the they had the fattest corner, uh, the fat the fattest guys in the corner in MLB history: Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a sweet team. They had, I think they had Tori on that team as well. Yep, awesome, awesome team. But yeah, they couldn't get it done. It's a shame. But alrighty, one for one, good shit. They're gonna get harder, like way quicker here. So, um, this one's NFL. We're going to the NFL here. What is the um, the who is the last team to win the Super Bowl from the AFC South? Oh God, um, is that so? Is that like Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Chargers? Are they in that as well? Um, I think they're at West. Oh yeah, they're West. Are the Colts in the AFC South? I feel like the Colts are in the AFC South. Yeah, even I think the, they are. Because yeah. they play the Texans twice a year, yeah. and yes, yeah, so it'd be it'd be the Colts. Yeah, Colts, right? Final answer, Colts. Yeah. Yes, sir. Two for two. Seven. That one was two thousand seven, I think. Yep. Yeah, th- yeah, that was two thousand seven. Yep. Good deal. All right, we're gonna stay on that train here. So the AFC, or the, uh, AFC South has the uh, least amount of appearances and wins um, as a division with two wins and five appearances in the Super Bowl's history. Which division is second worst? So has the second fewest wins and the second fewest appearances with three wins and seven appearances. Mm. Since when again? Uh, since the Super Bowl started. In the let's, let's, let's start in the NFC here. It's yeah, not let's the start NFC with the North. NFC North. Okay, so the Vikings have zero. Detroit, they have zero, right? Packers have uh, three. The Bears have one. So that's it's not the yeah. East. It's not the West because no. the 49ers. It could be the South. Well, who's who's the South? It's the Falcons, the 
New Orleans. Yeah, it's not them. I don't think it's them well, either. but New Orleans has one. Yeah, that's true. Atlanta has none. Atlanta has maybe one. Who else is in the South with them? Um, God, who else is in the South? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. They have one now. And well, they have two. Oh yeah, because they won with Gruden, right? Yeah, that's right. They have two. Yeah, yeah, two thousand two or something like that. And the Dolphins? No, 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 no. Um, it's another Florida team. Well, I don't uh, think it's that. Well, but in in the AFC, it's we've already established the AFC South. It's not the East because of the Patriots. It's not whatever the um, the Steelers are in. What about the, the Chargers division then? The West and the Raiders. The West has the Broncos. Yeah. The, the West has the Broncos and the Chiefs, who won uh, yeah. who won a couple. So it has to be the the NFC South. Final answer. Well, let's go, fellas. The NFC's- <laughs> no, there we go. Okay. Yes, there sir. We go. Yes, sir. Well, let's go. The yep. Team in there. So um, Carolina, Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and New Carolina. Orleans. Oh, Carolina. There you and go. they've had the two appearances. Um, but yeah, good deal. Um, I won't count. We can do a little bonus one. It just takes you. If you, this isn't part of the questions, but uh, can you guess the uh, division with the most wins and appearances? Tied for most appearances here, actually, but most wins with 13. NFC North. <laughs> it's got to be, it's gotta be the, the Patriots, right? It's got to be the AFC East. Well, no, but because they have five wins. Well, the Bills have none. The Dolphins have a couple, but yeah. not that many. I think they have two. It's got to be the. Uh, who else is in the Steelers division? Ravens. The, the Ravens. Who else? Um, or or the Cowboys division with the Redskins. Yeah, it's the Cow- It's the it's the NFC East, East yeah. because it's the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Giants. Giants. Yep. Final answer. Hell yeah! Let's go, baby. All right. Here we go. Nice, nice, Nicely nice. Done. We got two more for y'all. If you win the Maurice Potteloff Trophy, what do you win? It's Potluck. Oh. I have no idea. Maurice sounds Potluck like a, trophy? Something yep. horse related. Like a. Uh, what, what's it's, it's the in sport? One of the, it's in one, one of the four major sports. I'll tell oh, you that. Okay. Well, what's the best uh, hockey goalie award called? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Should we go with that? That's what, <laughs> that's what came to my mind right away. All right, let's but do that. I, I don't have any other guesses for I don't that. either. Maurice Potloff? Never, yep. never heard of her. <laughs> Let's do hockey goalie. Final answer. Super close. So the Maurice, I didn't mean to trick you there, but that did sound familiar. The Maurice Richards trophy um, is awarded to the leading goal scorer in the NHL. But the Maurice Potloff trophy is actually the name of the MVP award in the, in the uh, NBA, which I had no idea. Oh. Named after the first commissioner. Oh, there you go. Wow. I thought yeah, it was the Kia MVP award. Yeah. <laughs> it actually is the, I think that, that's what they said. It is the Kia, but that says the winner receives the Maurice yeah, Potloff yeah. trophy named in honor of the first commissioner. <laughs> Interesting. I'd rather wow. be the Kia. Um, but all right, fellas, <laughs> you can redeem yourself here with the last question. Uh, unfortunately, it's a very hard one. Uh, well, it depends. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. We'll see. What is the only professional sports team to ever have played in the state of Connecticut? And the last time they played in Connecticut was the 97 season, one of the four major sports. Is women's basketball one of the four major sports? Because it's uh, basketball. Unfortunately, no. I, <laughs> not, a, not one of the four major ones. Not football. Oh, God. I can't even think of a city in Connecticut. Well, let's see. It's, well, there's Hartford. Um. Well, let, let's rule out. It's not football. It's not football. It's it's not the NBA. I feel like it's got to be baseball. It can't. No, it's not baseball either. So you think it's hockey? But it, I feel yeah, like it could be, be any sport. I feel like it could be any sport because back in like the twenties, they had teams and like. Well, but you. He said the last Duluth. time he played was nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's definitely not NFL or NBA. It's definitely Hartford. And that's where I don't, where, I, I, I don't know. It's definitely Hartford. I don't, I, I don't know. It's definitely a Hartford because there's no other city that would have a team in Connecticut. It's the how, Hartford how big is hockey, hockey team. How big is hockey in Hartford, do you think? Or in Connecticut? Is that like a big sport there? It's in the north. I feel like it could be baseball. Northeast man. and the east is big into hockey. Actually, no, it probably couldn't be baseball. Yeah, let's do hockey. It's, it's the Hartford hockey team. That's, that's, that's our final, final answer. answer. You're right, is the Hartford hockey team. It was uh, Hartford Whalers, they call them. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. They're yep. the, um, the, uh, they moved to Carolina. They did. That is correct, sir. Sometimes they'll have a throwback jersey of the Whalers, which is pretty dope. Um, okay, yeah, the Whalers, that's right. Jerseys. Yep. They're they have sweet think, jerseys. Yeah, super cool. I think Gordie Howe played for them for a little bit. Um, I think they're a pretty big deal. I think people were pretty pissed when that happened, when they moved them. Mm. Um, yeah well done fellas well done I'll give you that one I think you guys went five for six nice nice we made it to our destination I, which is the did. end of the podcast I did that to my buddies going down to the bar once here in, in lacrosse and I know Brady we've done that too right I think I kicked you out a little before your house when we got there but <laughs> we were going yeah. down to the going down to the bars and they got three strikes pretty quickly, and I just told them, like, all right, we're going out. And they, they if they were like, all right, come on, let's just drive us there, I would have been like, all right, sure. But um, they're like, all right, right when they got on the cab, like, if we don't get these right, you're dropping us off, okay? And I'm like, all right, I'm holding you to it. And they're like, yes, for sure. <laughs> and they had to probably walk, like, five blocks. <laughs> I, I, I've, got, I've got one final trivia question for you all. Let's hear it. There's only one Big 12 quarterback in NFL history to win a playoff game. Patrick Mahomes, baby. Yeah. There you go. Texas yes, sir. Tech. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, that is a crazy stat. I didn't, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know any other Big 12 quarterbacks, though, that would be, well, Vince Young, yeah, wow. I think Kyler Baker's, Baker's, Baker's going to have a chance next year. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe Kyler. This year. Yeah. Wait, didn't ba- Baker Mayfield did it, didn't he? Oh, yeah, oh, they did we, win. Yeah, the yeah, Browns they, they win. Yeah, they beat, yeah. They beat so the Steelers I guess Baker, two weeks Baker was the second. Yeah. Baker was the second. Yeah, so the, yeah. Yeah, they. Yeah, oh my so gosh, they made the AFC point. Championship game. Holy shit! They did. I think so. Remember that? And then uh, NFC Championship game? No, maybe that was the Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the Bills. So. Yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, it was the Bills. Okay, okay. I think that. I think the that's Browns right. Oh my gosh, dude! It was almost the Bills versus the Browns because then uh, Heineke had to come in and save the day for the Chiefs. Remember that versus the Browns? It was almost Bills Browns. Oh, uh, the, yeah, that was the crazy game. Ah, oh, like the Chiefs were obviously the better team, but how cool would that that would have been the coolest championship game of all time. Bills Wasn't that the game I lost a bunch of money on? I think so. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Wait, is that the the who came? Oh no, Heineke came in and he did like twenty. He did like a thir- fourteen yard run to seal the game for him, but. Remember there was also that crazy fumble that went out of the end zone and they had to turn the ball over. It was the dumbest rule ever. Yeah, Lamar yeah. came back in on fourth and five and threw a forty-yard touchdown. Oh, that was the that was the Ravens game. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wasn't that Ravens and Browns? That was regular season, though. Yeah, that was regular seasons. Oh, oh was that like week sixteen? Or... That was that was the poop. That was right before. That was yeah. when Lamar yeah. Jackson had to poop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that that left me my fantasy week. championship. Yeah. Oh, that was the craziest week of fantasy I've ever dude. I can't even get over that. That was horrible. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Lamar game Lamar's poop game. Right there. Uh we'll be back on Thursday night, <laughs> Friday morning coming out. Uh we're gonna talk NFL draft pretty much exclusively. Uh we got Davis Kim from Pro Football Focus calling in. And he's going to give us a lot of his favorites for Vikings draft night. Uh, and I think Randy will hopefully come with some Packer guys. They're, they're looking to draft. Um, any quarterbacks you guys are thinking about this year, Andy? Anyone? Yeah, hot? Trevor Lawrence. You're thinking about Trevor? Yeah, trading up. Get, yeah, just, first just, rounders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It'll be a, yeah, sneaking late, yeah. I think. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk about all of that later this week and next week as well. Um, a lot of stuff to look forward to. NFL draft just over a week away. And uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to preview. We'll see you guys all then. Another turning point of folks stuck in the road. Time
grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end that's right. I hope you have the time of your life. And still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good up and good times Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable In the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life That was awesome, guys. That was, that was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you.